20-year-olds are usually going to parties, sports outings, weekend trips, and college classes, not to hospitals for medical treatments, dialysis, and kidney transplants. I've never seen somebody face such a terrible time in her life with such positivity. And I mean, she's been that way her entire life. That's kidney donor Robert Ward talking about his daughter, kidney transplant recipient Emily Ward. I'm Monica Fox, kidney transplant recipient and director of outreach and government relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. On this episode of The Journey Continues, Emily and Bob are sharing how their family and friends pulled together to manage Emily's sudden illness and get her back on the road to a healthy life. Emily, your health challenge began suddenly. Can you tell me how it all started? It all kind of started when I went on a trip to Tennessee with my mother to visit my aunt. One night I fell asleep and I didn't move the whole night and I woke up with a pain in my shoulder. It started to get worse throughout the day and we had no idea what it could have been. But on the way home from Tennessee back to Chicago, I was in so much pain and my mom almost pulled over a couple times to take me to a hospital to get checked out. It hurt the whole day and it continued to hurt for a couple more weeks. Then I started to eat less. I was very tired. We had no answers for what was happening until I finally went to the ER at the end of October. They kept sending me home with COVID with my renal levels being very high. They still sent me home with COVID telling me to wait it out a couple days. It wasn't until I met up with a gastrologist who looked at my levels and realized that there was a problem with my kidneys and I needed to be sent to a nephrologist right away. And then they sent me to the hospital. Wow. So what you're saying is because it was during the times of COVID, they didn't keep you in the hospital to explore more. They ran tests and sent you back home to wait it out? Yes, I apologize. This all started in October of 2020. Okay, so in the midst of COVID, you're feeling really sick and you go to the hospital and they they turn you around and send you back home because they're trying to keep people out of the hospitals that don't have COVID, right? Yes. Then you met up with a gastroenterologist and, and what happened from there? I spent about two weeks in the hospital at two different hospitals. I was very scared. I didn't really know what was going on. I'm not good with medical terms. (laughs) So, and I was alone. Um, I wasn't allowed to have visitors. So it was a very scary time. I had a biopsy and they noticed that there was some scarring and they also realized that my lungs and liver were being affected. And they concluded that I had an autoimmune disorder called vasculitis that is the weakening of the blood vessels to the major organs. And I started plasmapheresis. I had seven rounds of that. They put a catheter in my leg and ran blood throughout my body for about three and a half hours. Um, I had that procedure about seven times in two different hospitals. It wasn't that bad. I did have some reactions to it, which weren't terrible. Throughout this whole journey, I 
haven't really been taking it as seriously as I should have. And I was just going with the flow and just letting anybody do whatever they wanted, <laughs> being poked and prodded by so many different doctors and nurses. And it was just a crazy time for sure. I'm sure it was, it sounds like a really difficult time for you to be just 20 years old and there in the hospital alone and find out you have such a serious illness. How'd you feel when you found that out? I was very surprised. I have never been sick before, so it was very new. Of course, I didn't know any medical terms. I didn't know what really anybody was talking about. And the number one thing is I never learned how to swallow pills. That was a big challenge. Even with my transplant, I still can't swallow pills. <laughs> so it's been, that's been a little bit of a tough thing. But um, now that everything's over, I haven't really realized how sick I was. And all my family have been telling me that I was really sick, but I took it with a good attitude and never really got down and out about it. Oh, well, thank you for sharing all that. Um, Bob, how'd you feel when you learned that Emily had a major health challenge ahead of her? I've, I've never really been seriously sick. I mean, we haven't had too many major illnesses in our family, so it was all kind of new to me as well. Um, I'm just like Emily in the fact that i um, very naive when it comes to medical-type situations. We were both very, very fortunate um, that Emily's mom, Jennifer, did a lot of research um, when it came to what was going on. My wife, Emily's uh, stepmother, um, Chris, uh, she's a nurse, um, so she had, obviously, um, a lot of questions, and the two of them really worked hard, really hard with the doctors um, to try and figure out what was going on, what was the next plan of action, stuff like that. I was more just the guy that would hang in the room with Emily or be on the phone with her and try and keep her spirits up because we both were um, kind of clueless when it came to everything that was going on, uh, which is ironic because we were, you know, the two that were mainly involved in the situation. And even to this day, we just kind of joke around about it um, just to stay positive. And that's been Emily's MO through the entire time. Um, I've never seen somebody face such a terrible time in her life with such positivity. And I mean, she's been that way her entire life. Um, she's always the one that has the smile in the room. So it's really a testament to her and how she was able to get through this um, by being that positive. Um, but yeah, personally, it was very scary because not knowing, um, like I, she's naming off the doctors, I still don't know what the doctor's names are. I just say kidney doctor or blood guy or something like that. So my, and my wife obviously corrects me constantly, um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it, it was a very scary time. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we just want her, want her better. So whatever it was going to take to get that done, we were going to try and do that. So we were bouncing from hospital to hospital at times, um, just making sure was, she was getting the proper care. And uh, very fortunate we were able to find that for her. Wow. Sounds like a very challenging time. But I agree with you and Emily. I believe that a positive mindset affects a positive outcome. So um, exactly glad to hear that she was able to maintain a level of positivity during it all. And sometimes not understanding everything that's going on is helpful too. It's less to worry about. Totally agree with that. If you don't really know what's going on, you, uh, you really can't be too scared of it, I guess. While this all began during the pandemic, what kind of impact did that have on Emily's care and treatment? I mean, she talked about being alone there at the hospital and you mentioned 
you know, talking to her on the phone. Yeah, it was um, it was very frustrating not to be able to visit. Uh, she's she's twenty, so considered an adult um, at the time of the uh, the sil- the illness. But she was very, again, very young health wise. Um, she didn't know what was going on or anything like that. So there's a lot of phone conversations and her FaceTiming in the room and Chris and Jen uh, constantly asking questions. Uh, so we were, we were still kind of there, but just not being able to be with her was probably the hardest part. You know, her being in that hospital room all alone was very, very frustrating. Fortunately enough, um, when she was getting her um, treatments um, with the plasmapheresis, um, it was at Christ Hospital, which is where my wife Chris works. So she was at least able to kind of get in there and visit her. Um, and then we also had a, um, a cousin working there at the time that stopped by every now and then to check on her. So she had some family at the hospital um, that were employees that were able to kind of sneak in to her room and say hi and stuff like that and kind of make her somewhat comfortable. Um, but as parents, it was very, very frustrating um, not being able to go up there and, you know, just be with her, um, you know, as much as we possibly could. That was that was the, probably the hardest part. That sounds hard. And it uh, sounds lucky that you had some family in and around and about during that time. Yes, definitely was. So Emily, what did you understand about your prognosis? Honestly, really nothing. (laughs) I uh, had no idea about certain illnesses and especially with mine being so rare, I had no idea about it. I knew a little bit about the kidneys, of course. Um, One of my favorite singers, Selena Gomez, has had a kidney transplant. So I was kind of thinking about her before I even knew about my possibility of having a transplant. So I was researching a little bit, trying to find, figure some things out for myself, but I was still kind of confused and doctors would come into the hospital while I was just trying to think over everything and how this came to be and would just spit words at me that I had no idea what they meant. But it was just very interesting to be in the medical world and see how everything works. So it was interesting in that fact. Bob, when they determined that Emily needed a transplant, did you immediately decide to get tested to be her donor? Yeah, um, it it wasn't even a question. I believe her mom was the first one to go um, that day. Um, she got tested with the initial blood test. And then a couple of days later, once we got the information on where to go and um, how to have it done, um, I was one of the first in line um, with the initial blood test. Uh, but yeah, that was that was not even a question that that was that was definitely going to happen. And most of the family did um, go ahead and try and get tested, including our extended family. So everybody kind of stepped up and hopefully uh, to hopefully get one of us to be that match. And Emily, were you aware that people were getting tested to be donors for you? Yes, I was. I found out that family across the country were getting tested, and it just blew my mind that so many of my family members and friends were willing to take this step for me and be there for me when I had others who weren't. And it was a very overwhelming time with all these people who wanted to help me out. I can imagine. How did it make you feel? I was very surprised. I was very happy. It was just really nice. And I didn't really think of it as being reality that all these people were doing this for me. It was very overwhelming. And I felt very, very grateful. 
Bob, how'd you feel when they said you were the best match? I don't know. As, as parents, you try and do anything you can for your children, obviously. Well, when they initially said that, you know, it's looking like it might be me, ecstatic. Obviously, very ecstatic. Whatever they take. I mean, they could have taken two at that point for all I cared. Whatever would make uh, Emily better is uh, with what the main goal was. Um, but obviously, extremely happy that we were able to, to get that done and taken care of. Um, you know, I've, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts um, once we were asked to kind of do this and um, listen to some of the stories of other people waiting. I think there was the one that says, like, on average, it's three to five years um, for people to go ahead and get a kidney. Um, we, were, um, we were able to do this in a six-month period um, when we found out that I was the match. So we've been very, very fortunate that it went that quickly. So it's extremely ecstatic that, um, that I was the one to, uh, to be able to do that. That is very fortunate that you were a match and that you were able and willing and healthy enough. And yes, in fact, the wait in Illinois for a deceased donor transplant is five to seven years. Um, And many people don't survive for five years on dialysis. So living donors like yourself are heroes. We don't make you wear capes going around town, but... Just know that you are a hero and that you not only saved Emily, but you saved another person who would have been waiting a little longer if she were waiting on the list. So for that, uh, we are all grateful. Yeah, thank you. I have uh, find myself to be somewhat pretty humble and I've never even thought about that part of it. And, you know, obviously the main goal is just to get her better, uh, get my baby girl better. And uh, we, were, we were fortunate enough to get that done. Absolutely. How was the pro- the evaluation process? How was that for you? It wasn't that bad, actually. Um, it really started ramping up in June. I'm a high school coach, so I try and stay as much as fit as I possibly can. So a lot of the early tests were, were pretty easy. Uh, but over the summer, it really wasn't that bad. It was just, you know, a couple of tests here and there running down the rush, um, making sure everything was good. Um, and then we finally got the uh, the call in um, early August that we were going to go sometime September. So it was it was all very fast. We we had no clue. We never realized how quickly this process entirely was. Um, but then you start reading more about stuff, and of course listening to your podcast and uh, finding out that this was you know almost a miracle on how quickly it went. Um, now it's not just me, but the, the match and you know my health and how Emily was doing and all the things that she, you know she was going with and. You know, they were worried about maybe the vasculite is coming back. So we would have to pause it for a little bit um, and try and make sure that she was, you know, that that wasn't going to come back and attack the new organ, uh, the new kidney. So um, a lot of things were in play there. But, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't too strenuous on my part. That's for sure. Sounds like all the pieces uh, fell into place the way they needed to. And that's wonderful. Emily, I understand your transplant was scheduled for one month after your 21st birthday. And you had an awesome birthday celebration plan. Tell me about that. I wanted to go to a Cubs game for my 21st birthday because we went a few years ago and I loved it so much. But unfortunately, I got sick from my grandmother. I got COVID from her. So on the day of my birthday, August 22nd, I found out that I had COVID and I couldn't go to the baseball game, but most of my family decided to go and they had a good time. They sent me videos, sent me pictures. 
And I was sad, of course, that I wasn't involved, but I'm glad everybody had fun for me. (laughs) Um, My name was on the billboard at the game, which was really a surprise. I wish I could have been there in person to see it. I think that by the springtime, by the spring and the summer, you'll probably be ready and able to go to another Cubs game and, uh, and enjoy it this time. But I heard that your friends and family had some t-shirts on uh, which drew the attention of our podcast producer tell me about that um I decided to make t-shirts for my family and friends because everybody was wanting to support me and be there for me and I've had other family members who have made t-shirts for their illnesses and I thought it was just a fun idea the shirts say Emmy's army on the front with green letters for the green ribbon of kidney disease awareness. The back, it says, be transplant strong with two little kidneys with sunglasses. <laughs> so that was really cute that I found that little icon. Actually, there's a little secret about that. I don't know if I should say it, <laughs> but be transplant strong um, actually has a reason behind it. The letters at the beginning of each word start with BTS and BTS is one of my favorite bands. Oh, okay. (laughs) Subtly put it on the t-shirt. Most of my family doesn't know about it, but um, it worked out perfectly. That's fun. Yes. Um, So did your COVID diagnosis delay your transplant at all? It did by a week. So it wasn't that bad. My original date was September 22nd, exactly a month after my birthday, but it got moved back to September 29th which wasn't that big of a deal because unfortunately my grandmother who I got sick from passed away uh, beginning of September. Uh, She was my best friend and it it was really hard. I feel like I haven't properly grieved her because of my situation during that time. My family have said things like I was the saving grace of the family because we also lost my uncle uh, to COVID five days before my grandmother. We had a little bit of a hard time, for sure. My aunt, who lost her husband, my uncle, and her sister, my grandmother, she said I was the saving grace for the dark time you were going through. And that put a lot of pressure on me. (laughs) But um, with my successful transplant, everybody was very grateful and happy that everything went well. Yes. Well, I'm so happy and grateful that everything went well. And actually, it's been today when we're recording this podcast, it's been exactly two months since your transplant surgery. How are you feeling? I didn't even realize that. I just looked at the date on the computer. Wow. Happy two month kidneyversary. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for pointing that out. So how are you feeling? You sound well. I feel really, really good. I, um... The day after my transplant, when I was in the hospital and when I got up for the first time out of bed, I felt really good and I was ready to do a cartwheel down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Probably wasn't going to be a great idea, but um, I was feeling really good right after. I heard many stories about transplant patients saying that you'll feel that kidney working instantly. And I didn't really believe any of that, but... As soon as I woke up, I felt so much better instantly. It was such a crazy feeling. 
I've been doing really well. My sister is a freshman in high school uh, where I went to high school. So I went to her homecoming football game the week after my surgery. Everybody was so surprised that I was up and standing. Everyone thought I would be in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. same as my dad. (laughs) It was really awesome to see everybody's surprised faces at how well I was doing because I surprised myself with how well I was. Well, I'm so glad that you're doing so well. I just caution you to be careful as from one transplant recipient to another. You're young and you're healthy and I understand that feeling great. I felt 200% better at the time of my transplant. But remember, Mm -hmm. your body just went through a tragedy, a trauma, and uh, you got to give it time to recover. So take it easy, but definitely keep living life. Yes, I've gotten yelled at a lot. (laughs) (laughs) My family and friends, but it's terrible to say, but I say that I've lost a year of my life and I'm just trying to make up for it. With little going out sessions with friends and seeing family, I'm not doing anything too crazy. Yeah, I understand. Just, uh, you know, you're very susceptible to infection. And these days with COVID, just make sure always mask up and wash your hands and do all those great things. Definitely. I am. For sure. I'm so happy that you're doing so well. And Bob, how are you feeling post-transplant? I'm doing great. My wife has been yelling at both of us. (laughs) I'm at the nurse, right? Um, I actually went back to work eight days after the surgery. Um, Special ed teacher and my kids were probably going a little crazy. So I I had to get back uh, for their sake. A lot of people were shocked at work. I'm pretty sure my boss turned off my key card so I couldn't come back any earlier um, to get into work. It actually hasn't been that bad at all. Um, I kind of referenced it as, you know, getting an oil changed. Um, But people are like, wow, you gave up an organ. Rush has been unbelievable with how everything went, their professionalism, just the way everything flowed um, from the second day I went there. They just seemed to be in in a zone, um, I guess you can say, you know, that's the coaching, I guess, but just in the zone of uh, knowing what they were doing, being prepared for everything. And it just made me feel very, very comfortable being there, um, that this was going to be fine. Um, I, I know I've heard stories of even four or five years ago that things were a lot different when it came to uh, transplant surgeries. But this is it's been it's been honestly extremely not 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 easy. And don't get me wrong. There were you know a couple of days afterwards. It was, you know, having a major surgery. Uh, but since then, I, I felt great. You know, it's one of the things that I think Emily wants to do, um, especially, you know, wanting to do this podcast is. Um, starting to bring awareness to the situation. And I want to be a champion for that as well. I mean, it, people really can't be scared um, of a major surgery because it, it, the way medical science is nowadays, you really can live a very healthy life with only one. And uh, in order to be able to help somebody else, the surgery itself, people shouldn't really be too uh, too scared about because um, I've been very fortunate that it went uh, went very well. There's been no complications or anything. That's very well said, Bob. The awareness is so important. People need to really know and understand exactly what you just said. That's that's an important message. And thank you so much for sharing it. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have people at work constantly, you know, coming up to me now um, and, you know, saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And I keep telling them, well, believe it because, you know, you can do the same thing. So it's it's definitely definitely something I think we are both kind of wanting to do um, once we get out of this recovery phase trying to get uh, be, be a champion for um, kidney transplants for sure because 
it's you know especially you know what you brought up earlier with the five to seven years that's heartbreaking at times um and to, to you, you kind of feel bad from our aspect that you know it was only a, a year process essentially from the moment emily got sick um to being you know transplanted um that you want to try and help others and awareness is probably the biggest thing but i do know a lot of people would be hung up on the uh, the surgery portion of it um and my employer was very very good um with everything so just being you know being able to tell people look it's it's not that bad it's definitely something that can be done well thank you for sharing that message and we are happy to have you uh come along with us at national kidney foundation of illinois to continue sharing that message um, and so happy to have you sharing it right here on this podcast. So Emily, what are your future plans once you're settled with your new kidney and released by your team? I'm a student at college right now. I am undecided, but I am taking classes. I plan to finally get a job in January, just slowly but surely get back out into the world. I've missed traveling. I have a huge passion for traveling. Wonderful. I'm Monica Fox, and this is the Journey Continues podcast. I'm so grateful to my guest, kidney transplant recipient Emily and her father, Bob Ward, for sharing their story with us. If you feel inspired by Bob's decision, but are not a match for a loved one, you can still be a living donor. Ask your transplant center about paired donation. To learn more about living kidney donation or our programs for young adults, head on over to our website at www.nkfi.org. At NKFI, prevention is a major part of our mission. That's why at the end of each episode, you will hear a nutrition tip. Here's Dr. Melissa Prest. Here's today's health tip about exercise and physical activity. Everyone can benefit from moving their bodies daily. 30 to 60 minutes a day of some form of activity is recommended for its health benefits. Exercise has been shown to help with weight management and combat health conditions and diseases like heart disease, high blood pressure, strokes, diabetes, arthritis, depression, and anxiety. Exercise can increase your energy level, promote better sleep, and can actually be fun. Your exercise routine should include a variety of movement that gets your heart rate up and encourages you to use your muscles. Flexibility is also important so that you can move your joints through a full range of motion. Walking, jogging, jumping rope, climbing stairs, hiking, riding a bike, swimming and rowing are exercises that get your heart pumping. Lifting weights or using exercise bands can be a great way to strengthen your muscles. And yoga or Tai Chi movements are great at increasing your flexibility. Whenever starting an exercise program, talk with your healthcare provider to discuss which types of exercises are most appropriate for you. Start slow and gradually increase your time and intensity. While 30 to 60 minutes a day is the recommendation, start where you can. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day and continue to work until you get to the goal of 30 to 60 minutes. Always pay attention and listen to your body. If you feel dizzy, faint, or ill, stop exercising and follow up with your provider. With today's health tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. 
to learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.